Hey friend, welcome to the Planter Podcast, where we focus on faith, growth, and lifestyle. This is a podcast that propels both men and women to live their God-given purpose one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Damio Shodi, and I'm so happy that you're here listening to the Planter Podcast. Hey everybody, you're here listening to the Planter Podcast, where we speak about faith, growth, and lifestyle. So today we have another awesome topic. We're actually going to be talking about finances, more specifically in finances, how to reduce debt. So we are going to be tackling the issue of debt. Um, I asked on Instagram a couple weeks ago what kind of uh, financial advice you guys would like. And it seems that people voted more for how to reduce debt. So I'm going to provide that information for you today. And I'm not the only one that's going to be talking about this. I actually have an awesome guest, and her name is Edith Adedeji. Hi, Edith. Hi, Danny. How are you? Good, good, good. How are you doing? I am doing well, thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the Planter Podcast. Oh, absolutely. Appreciate it. All right, so Edith, please introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do. Yeah. Um, all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so um, my name is Edith Adijoke Adideji. I am a saleswoman in New York at the moment working for a major airline. Um, I started volunteering with Financial Peace University at church uh, probably about two, three years ago. And I took the class probably about five years ago in Atlanta before I moved to New York. Um, so I feel like it's one of those life lessons that, you know, all of us were thrown into figuring out our debt when we moved off to college at some point. And, um, if you're someone who moved here with your parents at a younger age, you're probably learning about how to manage, um, your own, your own money, uh, in general, while at the same time you and your parents were learning about 401k at the same time. And at the same time, your expenses skyrocketed when you started buying textbooks for college or something like that. So in all the day-to-day struggles of how do I balance all that I need and how all I need to pay for uh, with how do I plan for the future, I met a young couple about my age uh, that were married uh, that just mentioned casually that they're paid off their mortgage. And I remember then thinking, um, what do you mean you paid off your mortgage? Everybody's supposed to have... 30-year mortgage. So you're not supposed to pay it off till you're like 55, 60 or something like that. And they kind of talked about Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University and that got my attention. And that's how my journey into trying to figure out how do I get out of debt and how do I plan for the future came about. Um, So now that usually for people that have taken the class, if you really liked it, if you follow it, most people get out of debt really quickly, really soon. Uh, depending on obviously how much debt you have and how much you're willing to cut back on your lifestyle so that you can pay things off. Uh, and then there, most people that really do like the class go back to help facilitate the class, which is what I do at church as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, can you explain to the listeners exactly what the David Ramsey program is? Absolutely. So David Dave Ramsey is, um, if you listen to his story, he'll tell you how It was a young couple himself, got married, and his wife just said, honey, do whatever you want to do with our finances, because they just kind of lived on this. And at the time, everybody was borrowing money, uh, 
and he was he did a lot of investment into properties and all that stuff. So you could tell that at some point he the financial crisis happened and he lost everything. And in that moment where all the debt collectors were calling and he just really went through a phase where he started to learn a lot about what God has to say about finances. Um, and he came up with this Financial Peace University class that kind of gives people practical baby steps that they can take to get out of debt. So if you go to his website or if you actually take the class, it'll talk to you about um, the ste baby steps are like you pay off, you save a thousand dollars in cash just to start as an, a beginner emergency fund. Uh, and then you start to pay off all of your debts from the smallest to the largest. Um, because I always phrase it to people like, if you had, I'm making this up, 20 credit cards or something, and you lost your job today, you're literally going to have 20 different people calling you, hunting you down to pay off your bills. But if you paid off the lowest one today, now you only have 19. If you pay off the next one, you only have 18. So people tend to get caught up in this. You should pay off the one with the highest interest rate first. But if you pay off the smaller ones, you really make traction and you can continue to quickly proceed. Um, and then after you pay off all of your debt, it talk, uh, except the house, it talks about now you need to increase your emergency fund to three to six months of uh, expenses. So if your living expenses are $2,000 a month and you say, I want to save six months of expenses, you need to save $12,000. And then once you save that $12,000, it now starts to tell you things that you need to do to plan for the future which is start to invest about 15% of your total household income for retirement. Because a lot of us young folks today, we think, oh, retirement is like 50 years down the line. Oh, I'll figure it out eventually. But really the people that start early are the people that are well, uh, that have saved enough so that they can live well in their retirement phase. Um, and it will give you kind of pointers of what, what kind of things you should think about when you're going through investments, uh, when you're planning your retirement, I should say. Then it talks about start saving for college if you have kids and also paying off your house early. And then literally when you pay off your house off, um, you have nothing else to do financially but to build wealth and to give to charity and to kind of contribute to society. So I think it's, it sounds very high level and very realistic, but if you take the class, if, you want, if anyone's interested in taking the class or reading his books, you'll find that there are very detailed practical steps in between that. People that follow it really do get out of debt. Wow, I think that's an awesome program. I've heard about it. I don't know um, somebody who went to that program, but I think my church doesn't really have that. I didn't know that there was a class based or, or yeah, class on based on finances, but more based on biblical principles. Well, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, and they, I think in some in some cities or states, actually, they've started to roll it out to college kids, because a lot of people will say, oh, I'm a finance major. Like I was a finance and uh, MBA major and we never really learned about finances. Now I learned about interest rates and all of that stuff and the uh, time value of money and all of that, but really not what to do with my finances. So I walked away from this class knowing a lot more that, about how to manage my own money. Um, so I think it's, I think it's one of the most practical classes that changes, drastically changes people's lives. For sure. Wow. Um, wait, I'm so confused though. Okay, so <laughs> you know where this is going. You were <laughs> a finance major, but they didn't teach you how to like manage your money or your finances. So if you think about finances, like finance courses, they talk about accounting, they talk about finance, 
and the basics are probably there, like assets equals liability and, and equity. But you think about it, you're like, okay, I get what that concept is. Your numbers have to match. If you borrow money somewhere, you have to increase your liabilities somewhere. But it's the same kind of connection with your personal finances. Like um, whatever you borrow, you're, whatever you're making, you're going to, whatever. If you spend more than you make, um, you're never going to balance out. Now, it may be masked under the fact that you're using credit cards now due immediately or whatever, but you still have to pay it off at some point. And the other thing is like you have to think about our society is built on the fact that we should borrow more. You know, the more people borrow, the more the economy keeps on growing. But really, if you focus on what the Bible says, it talks about the uh, borrower is slave to the lender. And so it's like two different kinds of principles and if you follow basic finance, you know, the people talk to you a lot about, oh, this is good debt. They'll tell you all the time, student loan is good debt. Now, I do agree that uh, what you're using, if you went to school on debt or if you're borrowing money for, for college, you're doing it for a good cause. But the reality is if you filed bankruptcy at some point, if anybody that borrowed money filed bankruptcy, they can get rid of any kind of debt they want except their student loan debt. So when people say it's good debt, I'm like, really, what does that mean? <laughs> it is good that you went to college. It is good that you used it for something good. It's good that you didn't use it to go shopping or anything. But really, it's two different kinds of principles. Um, but I feel like personally, especially as a person of faith, um, that following Dave Ramsey's plan and the fact that I've seen it work for a lot of people um, definitely is why I continue to talk about the class and continue to help, you know, support to facilitate the class to see more people get out of debt. Okay. I see you, girl. <laughs> I see you because it's important. It good is. debt. You know, I think I read that somewhere that, oh, student loans were good debt, but I didn't. Yeah. I never really understood what that meant. I didn't know that yeah. debt was good, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Okay, so, um, so student loans are another way of accumulating debt. What other ways are people accumulating debt? I think in general, uh, people don't pay attention to the fact that they're borrowing money, you know, like credit cards have been socialized into our economy so much that everybody swipes. And uh, we see swiping as the thing to do versus realizing that every time you're swiping, you're borrowing money. And then the fact that, you know, like your credit card bill comes and you're only required to pay, I don't know, $20 or something every month doesn't make you feel like your net worth is actually shrinking or you're reducing your net worth. Um, so by default, I think people are just like the the economy has done so well at marketing the fact that you should um, borrow. And we don't think of it as borrowing, um, but you are. The other thing is everybody just has keeping up with the Joneses syndrome. I think when we hear that term, we think, oh, because somebody bought a Bentley, I'm going to buy a Bentley. But keeping up with the Joneses is the same as somebody bought this cool pair of jeans, even if it's from Old Navy, you know, like I want to buy a cool pair of jeans as well. So it's not necessarily, a lot of people stumble into debt, you know, $5 here, $5 there, uh, supersize me here. Um, you know, it's little, little, it's never that somebody bought a house. It's rarely ever that somebody bought a house. So if somebody did something tangible. It's literally that they stumbled into debt casually and gradually and then they wake up one day and realize oh my god i owe x amount of money in debt so um there's no one formula i think student loans there have been all kinds of stats showing that student loans the one thing pledging um 
the young adults in our economy today, in our society today, I should say. Uh, so student loans probably by far the biggest, and not so far behind that is credit card debt. Yeah, that credit card debt is something serious. I remember the first time I got a credit card, I was scared. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Like, I have that mentality that, yes, this is not my money. I always keep that in mind that, nah, this yeah. isn't my money. You know, I was speaking to one of my friends one time, and he was just like, yeah, I got $4,000 in debt. And I'm like, what? And he was like, yeah, it's not that bad. And I'm just like, but you're only like 22. And he was just <laughs> like, yeah, but it's not as bad as other people. Some people are in $10,000 and all this stuff. And it wasn't on student loans. This debt was yeah. not on student loans. This was just debt just because. And he yeah. was just like, yeah. And I'm just like, wait, what? I was <laughs> so confused. I was yeah. so confused. And if you think about for a lot of immigrants into the country, like, we didn't grow up on credit cards at all. So everything you no. wanted was paid for in cash. You mm-hmm. could go to like Nigeria, for example, you hear people pay one year of their rent up front or two years sometimes up front in cash. Um, so the concept of, oh, I'll borrow whatever is really new to all to a lot of immigrants that move here. Um, but if you if you stay here long enough, you know, I can see how people get, oh, you know, it's just credit cards. You just pay the $20 every month and just keep paying your $20 and you'll be fine. Um, but you don't want to get stuck in that mindset. <laughs> right, right. No, I don't want to be bond or I don't want to be, what is it called? In bondage. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember, okay, so my job, I ain't going to say no names tried us like in february talking about oh we filled out a form incorrectly so we can't pay you for the next month okay then the a whole month joke a whole freaking month right <laughs> then they want to come and tell me oh but you can get a loan for five hundred dollars i said excuse me i said my paycheck would have been more than five hundred dollars that means when mm. i when i get this loan i'm gonna have to pay you back I don't want to pay you back. That's the thing. Like speaking to people, I've realized that that idea of that paying back thing is it's like kind of just goes over some some people's heads. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I just got to pay this minimum payment or, oh, yeah, I just had to pay it back. But I'm like, so with what job and what money are you going to you going to pay this back? Pay the back. Yeah. You know, my friend, um, she travels a lot. And I was asking another one. I said, how does she do it? How does she travel so much? And then she was like, oh, I think she takes a loan or something. I said, excuse me? I was like, oh, okay, that's a, that's good. You <laughs> you you keep doing that then. Because I'm just like, that, I don't know. To me, I thought that was so crazy. You know, maybe sometimes people, you look at people on Instagram who travel a lot or, you know, on social media that they go they go this place or go that place. We don't yeah. necessarily know how to get that money. Yeah. And so I will caution you um, to say, this is, again, the keep, keeping up with the Joneses mindset that I, I we talked about earlier. I work for an airline, so I can go almost anywhere I want for free, for practically free. So when people are like, oh, but that girl is always traveling all the time. She must be in a lot of debt. I'm like, nope. Uh, I can do all of these things because it's a perk with my job. But not everybody, but some people will be like, okay, then I'm going to, I want to travel like, like she does. So I'm going to go borrow money so that I can also live this fabulous, I'm putting quotations up, fabulous life that she's living. And I'm like, you don't know people's sources of income or like somebody buys a brand new car. You don't know if their dad bought it for them in cash or the situation. But then you think, oh, I have to keep up with them because we went to the same school and we made about the same grades. We're making about the same amount of money. You don't know people's different unique situations. Right. But I wouldn't encourage again, back to our point. 
do not keep up with the Joneses. Look at your own financial situation and try to figure out if it makes sense for you. Um, and then you do it. But also keep it. I think also it depends on where you are financially. If you're in the pain, pain of your debt phase of life, uh, maybe this is not the time to be taking all the cruises and all the flights and all the trips that you can dream of. But the minute you get out of debt, maybe you give yourself an incentive like, okay, the minute I pay off this card or this bill or the get, totally get out of debt, I'm going to do a X trip or whatever it is. Give yourself some kind of incentive, but don't follow the masses and don't copy everybody because you don't know their financial situation. So when it comes to debt, uh, how does interest play a role? Oh, so interest is interest is its own thing, right? It could be a good guy if you're saving money. All of a sudden you're seeing your money grow and you're excited and it's building babies and having more babies and that's exciting. But on the flip side, if you have a lot of debt, interest also kind of torpedoes how much you owe. So if you look at anybody that has that's, that has a mortgage for their house. I remember my condo when I first got it, they tell you, um, your, your mortgage, I'm making up numbers now because I can't remember, your mortgage is $1,000 every month. So from there, they'll take out how much you pay your property tax at the end of the year. So let's make that, I'm making this up 200 bucks. And then they'll say, uh, you have to pay interest. It's like 600 bucks. And then like the remaining 200 bucks is going towards your, principal. So I remember getting my first <laughs> statement and I'm like, wait, I'm paying a thousand dollars, but really only this $200 is going towards the principal. So really what you're telling me is I borrowed all this money and only $200 is what I'm paying. So all of a sudden you start to think about things differently because you realize the power of interest. So whenever you see all of that, you, in my head, I started to pay, oh, I have to de definitely have to pay more than this $1,000 amount that the bank is asking me to pay or in my, knowing that I'm only paying $200 towards my principal just made me realize that that amount's not enough. I need to pay more. Um, so if you, if for a lot of people don't get excited about, I only need to pay $20 off on my credit card every month, but look at how much you borrowed, how much you're paying in interest uh, and try to work, figure out how you can quickly pay off your bill, your balance so that you're not paying this drastic interest fee. Um, but there's some analysis we did in, in class that shows you're borrowing all this money and you're paying all this interest. The bank is making money from all the interests that you are paying them because you're at some point you're going to pay off the principal. But if you look at like, I think the best example is still the, the, the mortgage. They tell you how much you pay totally, um, because it would be 30 year mortgage at a thousand dollars a month. And then you look at how much you borrowed and how much you paid over that 30 years. And you're like, wait a second, I'm really paying you two and a half times or three times, depending on your term and interest and all of that. The numbers change, but it's like, I'm really paying you two and a half times what I borrowed. And the minute you have, you start to think like that, the minute you realize I need to quickly pay off this amount just because interest is not necessarily on my side. So basically what I'm getting from that is, okay, so let's say you're paying one, it, they tell you to pay 1000 So you figure that, oh, that the interest is really high. So you would pay maybe like, I don't know, 1500 to kind of cover Something. a bigger. Yeah. Yes, um, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And is there, but a, I don't, mm -hmm. go ahead. I don't want people to feel like, I, just 50, obviously we're talking about a made up situation. 
Um, maybe you don't have 1500 at that time. So maybe you're in the phase of, I want to pay off all my credit card. Maybe you focus at that point on just paying the $1,000 for the house, uh, maybe getting a roommate, looking for different ways to kind of reduce your overall monthly expenses. Um, but if you follow in order the principles that he has or the steps that he has outlined, you'll get to the point where instead of paying $1,000 for the house, and the twenty and the twenty for the credit card and all these other things. Maybe you've cleared off all the credit cards, and so you have this extra flush of cash that you're paying towards the house or something like that. But we can talk about a different example later. Um, but the point is, yes, I, you, I always, if I borrow money, I always want to pay way more than they're asking um, back, just so I can get rid of the impact of interest rates. So, how do you kind of analyze all of this? So, is it that Okay, you I'm trying to word this correctly. How do you realize that eventually you're not paying a lot towards your towards towards your your bill that that only you're only paying two hundred dollars? Like, is it after you're looking at the I don't know, the statement that they send you or is it that you ask them like, OK, is it this how much is actually going towards um, the payment towards my house? Like, how do you get this information that, oh, crap, I'm not really paying much? I remember I remember when I was buying the condo I um I didn't know this whole Dave Ramsey thing so I'm like how much you start off with the mindset of how much can I pay every month and how much is the house worth and so they tell you how much your monthly payments will be and you're like I get it and then if when you sit down to sign all of your paperwork to buy the house you're signing and signing and signing but one thing on there really talks about um, how many times you're going to pay what the balance will look like every time you pay but you're like, you're in a lot of paperwork, so you're just signing and signing and signing. But literally, your your um, credit, your balance statement comes to you every month, and they t- show you the breakdown of what your payments are going towards. And that was when my wake-up call came and said, wait a second, you mean it's only 200 out of this 1000 or whatever? And then I decided I'm going to pay more. Um, but knowing what I know now, I think if, if I decide I'm buying another condo or something else, I'm more likely to put down a lot of money. If I don't have the cash for what I want, I'm likely to put down a lot of money. I'm likely to say, okay, instead of a 30-year mortgage, I want a five-year or 10-year mortgage or something like that. Um, but my approach for how much you borrow will change. My approach for what kind of, you shop around for interest will change. All of that will change so that as best as you can, you reduce how much you're paying towards interest. Okay. And how do you get a lower interest rate? Is it through credit score or something else? How much you paid? I think, I think it's a combination of credit score, how much you how much you put down, um, all of that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm yeah. like, I'm sure somebody's like, oh, you know, how do I reduce my 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 interest rate? And is so, it- but if someone is mm-hmm. if someone is already, or let's say someone already has a property and they're listening to this right now. Um, every once in a while you hear that interest rates are lower, you can refinance. That's actually a good thing to consider. Um, refinance means, okay, today I'm paying bank A um, at 5% a month. I'm making these numbers up. But because interest rates have, have dropped and I'm already locked into this 5%, I can keep on paying this 5% or I can uh, refinance and at, at 3%. And now I'm saving two percent for the balance of the of the loan that I have. So if you if you drop down two percent, maybe the same thousand dollar payment you're paying, 
becomes $400. I'm making these numbers up because I'm not sitting in front of a calculator or anything. Becomes now you're paying, for $1,000, you're really paying $500 towards principal instead of the $200 towards principal because the interest rate has dropped. Um, so when you when you hear a lot about interest rates have dropped, you know, like it's not it's not a bad idea to look into refinance it, not borrowing money on the existing mortgage or anything, but just literally work. Depending on how far along you are in the mortgage payment process, if you're almost done, it's probably not worth it because there are fees associated with refinancing. But if you're really in the early phase, it's probably a great idea to cut it down and probably possibly even reduce um, the tenure of your of your payments. So instead of a 30 year mortgage, reducing it to 15 or 10 or something like that. Okay. Wow. I didn't know that, but dang, they even got a finance fee just to refinance. Like, oh, there's a finance oh fee for goodness. everything. Yeah, in America, nothing. <laughs> but wow. Okay. That, that's actually a really good piece of information. I mean, personally, I don't have any property yet, but I'm going to be definitely keeping this, in mind when okay. it's time so how does a person form a budget or a payment plan so they know how much money to pay towards their debt how can they tackle how, this effectively effectively i always tell people to do two things one is list out everybody every bank every student loan every property everything you owe just list out the amount and then um List, that, list them out in order of smallest to largest and just their true balance. Some people like to put the interest rates on the side if they want to, uh, but just list everything out. I think that exercise make you, makes you pause and just reflect on, oh my God, I owe X amount of dollars today, right? And then the second thing you do is kind of list out everything you pay, pay every month. And your water bill, your house or rent or your light bill, your phone bill, your cable, all of that stuff. Um, I say list it out in the number of paychecks you get. So for some people, you get paid twice a month. You should have, I'm thinking in Excel. So let me back up. I'm thinking in Excel. On the left, you list out everything you have to pay every month. Or maybe at some point at the, in the year, you just kind of list that out. And then the next column for me says January 15th and then January 30th. And I know, let's say you make, I'm making this up again, $2,000 a month. Your January 15 check should balance out to $2,000. Your January 30 check should balance out to $2,000. So everything you need to pay at some point in the month, if it's your light bill, if you know your light bill is due on the 17th, maybe you put that amount, $75, for the light bill on the January 15 check so that you can have cash to pay for the 17th. If it's rent, rent is due at the end of the month. Some people will say, okay, well, I'll put that on my January 30th so that I, I've paid it before my February comes around. So I kind of do this staggered thing where, if, if depending on when it's due, I have that amount that's due slated in. Now, for your credit cards and all the other stuff, you have to pay the minimum payment. So make sure that you put the minimum payments aligned with the paycheck for that month that, um, it's, it's due. So if you have a credit card A, that's due on the 18th, you want to put it in, in the January 15 check. If you have one that's due on the 3rd, you want to put it in the January 30th check or something like that, just so that everything is staggered and you have money to pay the next through the next pay period. Um, so what Dave is teaching is put, out, put down all your minimums, put down all your leaving expenses. Um, obviously, you have to put money down for food. 
he also tells you to put a little bit of blow money aside so that in this phase while you, where you're trying to get out of debt, you don't just come become a machine and you just lose your reality or lose yourself. Because if you lose yourself, you're not going to stay focused. You're like, I just need a you know coffee or I just need that $3 pickup candy or whatever it is. Everybody has their own thing. But be realistic and don't start setting, oh, I just need to buy a Prada bag or anything like that. <laughs> because you're really focusing on trying to get out of debt. And then um, whatever money you have left. So let's say, you, like we said, you make 2000 a month. And in the first paycheck, um, you realize you have $500 left. So you look at the list of everybody you owe and say, oh, the, the one credit card is $300 balance. I'm going to pay that credit card off and I'm going to close it. Then now I still have $200 that's left, and the next credit card is a $750 balance. I'll put that $200 that left towards that $750, and now I have a $550 balance. Then you look at your January 30th check, and this time, with all the bills and everything, once you pay all the things you have to pay every month, you have $500 left. Now you've paid $200 from the $750 balance. Uh, you're still paying minimum on all the other credit cards and all the other bills that you have. So you have this extra 500, you throw towards the 750 balance and you have $50 left. So the following paycheck, you, you're looking at, okay, now I've paid all my minimums. I've paid everything that's due for the month and I have this $400 amount. This $400, I'll use it to pay off the $50 that was left from credit card B and I'll start attacking the next lowest balance I have. And so that ripple effect or that... Um, rolling stone gathers no moss. All this, you're just having this rolling effect of, hey, I just paid off one this month. I'm going to pay off another one this month. I'm going to pay off another one next month. And obviously, the bigger the balance, it'll take you a little longer time to pay that off. But the, the imagination is the $20 minimum you're paying to that first credit card or to the second one, you don't have to pay those anymore. So you freed up $40 extra that you can pay off towards whatever extra amounts you have in the next one. And you continue to attack your bills that way. I tell people to also take a practical step back. Like if you lost your job today, uh, what are the first things you'll cut off? You realize that those are the things that you really don't need, that there's some nice to have. If you have cable and you never watch TV, maybe it's time for you to put a pause on cable while you're paying off your debt. If you, um, if you just feel like I just have to eat out every day because whatever, um, maybe you cut back on how much you eat out. Maybe instead of eating out every day, you eat out once a week or twice a week or something like that. So you're freeing up cash wherever it makes sense. But I think the reality is that people just do things because, oh, that's what everybody else does or whatever. Um, it's how you're not quickly attacking your debt. If you pause and say, I don't need this right now, I don't need this right now, you probably free up some extra cash to, that you can use towards paying your, off your debt. And then once you're done, again, you know, because he's, he teaches based on um, biblical principles, you're paying your tithes, you're, paying, you're giving your offerings when you can. Uh, now that you're done, you really have a lot that you can contribute to a society. There are a lot of people suffering in the world. Um, it's easy for us to say, well, I can't take care of myself, so I, I can't really help anybody else. But the minute you get out of debt, it frees your mind towards thinking about bigger things, bigger, bigger ways to just contribute positive to society. So I say start the debt snowball, pay off the minimums, cut back wherever you can. Um, I, I gave you the example before we started the phone call. Some people say, I need to get out of debt, so I'm going to move in with my parents for a year. I'll let them know it's for a year, and then we'll track my progress in getting out of debt quickly. Everybody does things very differently depending on where they are in their lives. I think the people that cut 
the people that definitely cut back the most are the people that get out of debt a lot quicker. But everybody can do things at their own pace and work towards getting out of debt. Oh, wow. I really like that system that you were talking about with, okay, you have your two paychecks, you know this is how much you're going to make, and you put um, how much uh, the bill is, like depending on which date it kind of falls into, um, yep. you pay. I like that. Yeah. So this means you have to be really organized. You are going to be organized. Seems like the it. same way you think about it. If you, uh, for a lot of people that are trying to lose weight, there are a lot of programs that talks about counting your calories. Um, it's the same thing. You want to make sure that you're paying attention to every dollar you you get. Otherwise, if you sit down with seven fifty in your bank accounts, the next thing you know, it's time to go shopping. And really, you have bigger things that you want to focus on instead of buying the next t-shirt that you're going to throw away in another year or something like that. Um, so like I say, pay, it's, it's really calling your attention to you paying attention to how you manage, how you spend your spending habits. Um, because again, ca you casually stroll into debt. You're never going to casually walk out of debt. You're going to have to stay focused to get out of debt. <laughs> <laughs> casually strolling into debt and you can't casually get out of debt uh, you're wow. gonna be have to, yeah you have to be proactive to get out of debt right so for somebody who has to pay student loans um what an what would an effective plan look like for them because i'm most of the people listening here i'm sure are in that age bracket where we've been we've been in school and we have student loans so it's the same thing. So I say pay off all of your credit cards first, you know, lowest to highest balance. And then for some people, they have that one student loan bank that has the 40000 in student loan or the 60000 in student loan or whatever it is. For some people, for other people, it's three different banks or three different loans from the same bank or different banks. Again, just put them like they are one, how, whatever your situation is, they're the next in line once you've paid off the lower balance items that you have. But now you'll be realistic. So if you've been paying off 250 balances on 700 balances and it's taking you two months, three months to pay these guys off, realistically, you're not going to pay off your $40,000 student loan in three months. You know, yes, you freed up all the other cash uh, expenses you, you were paying towards your minimum balances for your credit cards. Um, but the same situation happens with your, you, you just kind of have to just realize that maybe this year I'm going to pay off 10,000 in student loans. Cause one thing I do, and I should have mentioned this earlier is when at the end of the year, towards the end of the year, everyone's thinking about my new year's resolution. I'm thinking about what's my financial goal for the next year. Mm -hmm. And so, so again, I think in Excel, so that paycheck thing, if I the minute you set up, usually the minute you set up, the first January and the, and, the, and the January 15th and January 30th, you literally can duplicate that for the rest of the year. Cause I know some people are on a 30 day cycle, some people are for payment for your payment due date. Some people are on the 31. So it's every 15th, sometimes it's every 14th, whatever. If you set it up to be for the full year and you realize, and you list out all of your bills on the left and the minute you close our credit card, a that item is done for the rest of the year. You do credit card B, that's done for the rest of the year as well. So in that full year plan, I'm able to see, oh, I can pay off six of my 20 credit cards. And so the goal in my head becomes in 2018, I'm paying off six of my credit cards. And then the first due date in my head is maybe March. 
And then, you know, you also get the, hopefully you get a tax refund or something. So when you get your tax refund, it's not time for you to go shopping. It's time for you to say, okay, now I've gotten this amount. I don't know what this amount is going to be, but the minute I get it, I throw it towards this next credit card that's due, or maybe I take $100 out or I take $50 out to buy, treat myself to something, but I'm paying everything else towards X, Y, and Z. Um, so for me, at the end of, by the end, towards the end of this year, I'm going to know financially, assuming all things are equal in your life, I should be able to tackle X, Y, and Z, A, B, C. And I know my first deadline is March 1st. So I'm, in my head, it's like, oh, if I make it to March 1st, if I pay this bill off in March 1st, I will buy myself a $20 shirt. I had a friend, uh, this was back in college, she'll joke, oh my God, I paid off this bill. So I went to McDonald's and I supersized my meal. <laughs> <You know? laughs> whatever it is, whatever it is that gets you fired up in uh-huh. a decently proportionate uh, amount. I say treat yourself to all of those little wins in life. Yeah. Um, so, but because it keeps you motivated and the minute March comes around and you hit that goal, the next credit card is going to pay it off by June 1st or something. And you're like, ah. come June 2nd, I'm treating myself to X, Y, and Z, A, B, C. Um, but when people overdo it is they start to think, I deserve a vacation. I deserve this, you know, and you start buying all these extra things and getting into further debt. You're not going to get out of it. So, and you know, like we, we, all of us have real life things that happen. Um, some people get married. Some people have kids. Some people want to go see mom's birthday, whatever. Just include all of those plans uh, in your budgets as well. And you, you save enough of them so that you're not going back into debt to make those things happen. Do you have an example of the Excel sheet, like how you do it and how you plan all these things? Is there an example of that? Yeah, I can send that to you if you want. Please. I would yeah. love to um, link that below so okay. I can have it. And then everybody <laughs> else who's listening can also look at it too. Okay. Yeah, I'll send it to you once we're done. I like that because you can actually see like what you're doing and yeah. you can see like, okay, I can hit this goal on this day or this time, you know? Yeah. Yep. I love that. And then also treating yourself like when you, you know, the small wins. Yeah. I always read, I don't know if you've ever heard of her, Lisa Nichols. I'd be talking about her all the time on this podcast. She, I like her book abundance now is the truth. And one thing that she said that I love is, you know, just even the small wins, like celebrate yourself, do something yeah. for yourself. Yeah. Um, it doesn't always have to be like she exactly like what she said, a trip or something big. But, you know, just celebrate yourself for the little things that you've done. Yeah. Absolutely. And they don't have to be Instagram worthy. You ain't got to post it on Instagram and this, that or another. Like <laughs> everybody doesn't always have to celebrate with you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I always say the same thing, like when we are all in college, I think most of us are broke, right? But we're surrounded by a lot of other broke folks. So we don't necessarily think of ourselves as broke. So one reason why I like the class is you're in class with other people trying to get out of debt. And now all of you are thinking in the same way. People start to say, oh, I realized that my um, dry cleaning company does 20% off on Tuesdays. So guess when I drop my clothes off? Tuesdays, you know, or people are like, I only shop when I know that there's a sale going on. If I need a new pair of pants for work or something, and I know that there's a sale going on, I'll go in there during the sale and buy the pair of pants instead of paying full price. So people start to get strategic about how they spend their money and just different ways to make their money go further for them. 
Um, and I so if you surround yourselves with other people that are in that same mindset, in the same phase where you are, it makes going through this process a lot easier. And again, I think when people realize, wait, if I can pay off all my debt in four years, three years, whatever the number is, depending on how much you owe, um, for the rest of my life, like literally every paycheck that comes to me, um, you know, I pay my tithes, give offerings, donate if I want to donate to a charity. Like there's, I don't owe anybody anything on that. That's very rewarding. That's very exciting for a lot of people. So um, get through it now. Dave says, um, live like no one else today so that later you really can live and give like nobody else. So. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. a, that's an awesome way to look at that. That's a nice, a good quote. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say something. Uh-oh. Oh, man. I forgot. Yeah, it might come back to me. Yeah, it might come back. <laughs> but um, are there any other ways that uh, people can reduce their debt that they may not be aware of? Is there anything else that people can do? I know that a lot of people are in different phases, you know, like one of the things that Dave's course talks about is it gives people like if you've borrowed a lot of money and for some reason you're in a really major financial bind, um, some credit card companies will actually let you negotiate down your debt. Uh, I think sometimes they realize we're never going to get anything out of them. If they can just give us this much, we'll just stop bothering them. So there are tools for that if you are in that situation. It's not for people that you can't pay it, but you're being lazy or whatever. Um, but because you, we have, there are some people in situations that it's like, oh my God, like I, every time my phone rings, I know it's a debt collector calling. Uh, there are ways to get help for that. Um, so again, I encourage as many people that can to take the credit, to take the course, just cause, I mean, we're talking today about paying your debt and getting out of debt, but there's still so much. So when you get out of debt, there's still so much you need to learn. How do I invest? How do I make my selections for my 401k? Should I get life insurance or not? Um, when do I start planning for my kids, um, college? Um, how, what should, how, what should I think about when I decide I want to buy a house? All of this real life, how should I select my, um, health insurance? What kind of health insurance plan should I get? All of these things that we take for granted that we're surrounded by, the course actually breaks each and every one of them down so that you're very knowledge about, knowledgeable about different aspects, um, of your finance life. Um, so I encourage as many people that can to take the course. I think it's really, really life-changing for sure. Can the course be found online or is it only in churches and it's done? Um, I think they have started an online community for it as well. Um, but that's like new as of last season. So maybe as of spring this year. I encourage as many people to take it in a class though because a lot of churches do it. It's not associated with the church. So whether or not you come to the church, you can go take the class in the church. Every church is open to that because it's not during the church service or whatever. It's like one of those extra classes you can take. Um, so they're usually associated with churches, but um, some people do it in schools. Some people do it at an offsite location, but it's usually facilitated by people. It's, I don't know why. Maybe because it's based on principles, it's uh, biblical principles. It's usually facilitated by a church group of some sort. And I'm assuming on the website, people can just kind of see where classes are in their area. Yes. So anybody who's listening here is more than welcome, even if you're not Christian, to yep. take yep. that class. Yep. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's some vi- there's some vivid videos he shows in class that makes you just grasp onto a, a concept and you're like, oof, I get mm-hmm. it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So and I can describe it all I want, but just watching the visual aspect of it makes it come alive a lot more. So. Okay. All right. Um, is there any more tips or resources that you think would be beneficial for somebody who's trying to reduce debt, like apps or a book or just anything? Um, definitely check out Dave Ramsey's website. If you can take the class, it's about, I can't remember the price and it's about a hundred bucks when I took it may, may have gone up a little uh, with all the upgrades that they're doing. Um, so definitely check those out. Sit down. I think what this class does, it, it makes you wake up to the realities of where you are financially. For a lot of us, again, it's just we don't have the wake up call. Or like I remember I had gotten out of debt before, before going to business school. And then I had all this cash coming in and I didn't know what to do with it. And I was just putting it away in my bank. Um, obviously, it didn't take long until I got back into debt because, again, I wasn't thinking about the bigger pictures in life, the 401ks and you know, what kind of investment options do I have? Just because I didn't know. But looking at what I know now after taking the course, I'm, I can't see myself going back into debt. Um, it's just there's so much. There's so much. You're consistently thinking about if I make this decision, this is how it impacts my net worth. Um, it's just so much that it teaches you that I think it's, it's definitely worth it. Um, but for anybody who's in debt right now, my message is however deep, you can dig the faster you get out of debt. So stay focused, stay on track. Um, don't set unrealistic goals for yourself or else you'll get discouraged. Again, if you can do the full year plan, um, even for the rest of this year, you kind of have an idea of what you really financially can commit to. Make sure that your cash intake, the amount you plan is not higher than your cash intake. And if you realize that, oh my God, I'm spending way more than I'm making, start to think about, how do you cut back on those expenses? Maybe you cut off cable until you catch up your bills. Maybe whatever it is, you just figure it out. Uh, figure out how to cut back on your on your total of expenses. Yep, 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 yep. I think I had that kind of wake up call or just <laughs> time for action this year. Um, like the beginning of the summer, I was like, I looked at my statements and everything, and I was like, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> what and happened was. <laughs> what had happened was you were doing the most, and you got to stop. My advice is buying food. That's my advice. Yeah. Like, yeah, so this summer got me two cookbooks and started chefing it up in the kitchen. You should have seen there we go. You know what I'm saying? I have them pictures <laughs> online if you want them. <laughs> Making steaks and all types of stuff, finding a really good grocery store um, yeah. around my area and it, it saved me a lot of money and working with cash. Yeah. Working with yep. cash has been uh, phenomenal. Yeah. And money. that's one of the exercises it makes us go through in classes. This week, take spend only cash. And if you tell yourself, ah, I only need a hundred bucks, um, check in by Tuesday, Wednesday and see where you are, because, you know, we'll start off with the $5 coffee. Um, and then lunchtime you're like, oh, it's only $12. And then come dinner, I'm going home late. I'm just going to buy something to eat. And then you realize, wait a second, this is only day one. And I still have like six more days this week. And somehow my cat, what happened to all my cash? So that exercise, I think, teaches us a lot about, hmm, 
when you swipe, you really honestly aren't feeling the impact of the fact that you're spending money. But when you have cash and you see that cash really dwindle, <laughs> you just kind of have this wake up call as to what am I really doing here? <laughs> right, right. Uh, cash, cash will get you right. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Cash will get absolutely. you right. And for a lot of us too, it's okay. So you talk about food. All of us have our different vices. For some other people, it's, I just want to just look around in the stores and next thing you know, they're $300 extra, spends $300 on this new shirt, shoes, or a combination of everything. And they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just spent $300. So if your thing is you just accidentally spend, maybe you tell yourself self on Saturday, I'm just not going to wander into the mall. I'm just going to the park and reading a book or whatever it is. Change your, your approach um, just so that you don't get yourself into the financial situation that you are in. Yes, ma'am. But wander into the mall, like I just happenly stumbled there. I don't know how I got there, but I just found myself here. <laughs> I don't know what happened. All I knew there was bags all around me. I don't know what happened. <laughs> oh my goodness! I can't. Yeah, we we all have them, you know. Like it made some people at the electronics store, right? Mm. You go in, you see the new iPad. It's like that thing is a beauty, though. Did you know it can now sing to you? You know, whatever it is, everybody just has them. We all know what our weaknesses are. Just find a way to get around them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I don't know what it does, but I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sharing. Um, some people lose it in the electronic oh. store, so. Yep, yep, yep. I think the main um, word or thing that I'm getting from this conversation is just being active. Very yep. proactive. And, yeah, being very proactive in getting the results that you want. Yep. So. Yep. Well, Joker, thank you so much. Absolutely. For coming on the show. Absolutely. You gave some awesome advice, and please, please, please send me that Excel sheet because well done. That is going to be revolutionary. <laughs> well do. <laughs> well do. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. This is the end of the podcast. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher and at theplanter.com. You can also follow The Planter at The Planter, so that's T-H-E-P-L-A-N-N-T-E-R on Instagram, um, Twitter, Facebook. And then if you don't mind, please take some time, just 45 seconds to fill out that survey right below this podcast so I can have a better idea of how to cater to you guys and what subjects you want to listen to more to on the on the podcast so thank you so much oh and don't forget to subscribe everything is linked below so you can't be like i didn't know where to find it it's really right <laughs> below the podcast so even while you listen it right now you can go and click on the links but guys thank you so much for listening it was a pleasure um, speaking with you joker and yeah speak to you guys on the next episode